Hello, everybody. It's Marcy from wavesofcommunication.com. The information I provide is designed to equip and empower parents and caregivers to take at least one conscious, focused, positive action today toward helping your child shift from nonverbal communication into unprompted spoken language. There's no time like now to make the necessary changes you need to see the success that you want for the late talker in your life. So let's get started. Everybody, I'm here today on the podcast with Elsa, and Elsa is an international language facilitator. I'm going to have her tell us a little bit more about who she is and her late talker. But the first thing I always want to know is how did you find me? Where are you and how did you find me? Yes, um, I'm in Canada. Um, So uh, I find you on the internet and YouTube and a YouTube video. Then I I, uh, I saw the book, I bought the book, and I saw the Facebook group, so I joined the Facebook group, and yeah. <laughs> good, that's good, because that's the point. I The book is written to guide you to keep learning, right? It's just mm-hmm. the beginning to get you started, because we are not stopping on the platform. There's more and more information coming all the time and the process never stops either. So tell me a little about your child and the evolution so far of their communication. Yeah, so he's uh, 21 months old. And uh, for now, he doesn't uh, speak at all. So uh, his first, he's, first word was uh, mama at like six months so I was very happy about it and then papa at nine months so I thought he would like speak very fast or something but then uh, uh, we passed the 12 months and nothing and then 18 months nothing (laughs) so and uh, yeah so then I got a little worried but I know he understands so much. So uh, I didn't, we just did the audio test this week. So I know he can hear very clearly, normally, everything's normal. So it's just something else. <laughs> right. Okay, good. Now, um, all the parents who join me on my podcast, I asked them to complete a survey for me to let them to let me know about the frustrations that they're experiencing and usually the frustrations that are going on in a family um, that are surrounding late talking right from one thing or another and the frustrations can be different and yours is a very common one especially with young late talkers so this is a little guy who's not yet two years old. However, he, his mom knows he understands everything. And that's probably because you've been able to teach him some things already, right? That's how you know. Tell me about some of the things that you've been able to teach him, even though he's not talking, what other things does he know how to do that he learned from you and dad? Um, um, well, I don't know. He he 
he he always watch us a lot everything we do he's always watching and many things he's learned it's from watching not because we're like teaching him that's a very good point that's a very good point because remember we're talking about a very young child here and kids who are under two years old just don't have much exposure to the world at all right so what they know is what's presented to them that's all they know they don't even know that there's anything else out there right because they're new in the world and so you know in your child's world you mentioned in your survey that he's an only child and it's, he's been home with you and dad and you've been during the pandemic not been mm -hmm. able to go out anywhere you know lockdown in canada just like everywhere else for yeah. a long period of time it's only just now we're recording this in may mid-may and it's only just now that people are starting to peek outside i think a little mm -hmm. bit and and so it's been a long year especially for these little little kids because think about the first experiences of your first two years right are the first exposure to everything and if you know because the first year alone you're just trying to grow into being a toddler like your brain is just turning on for that first year and here's the biggest most important year of your child's life and you're stuck at home right yeah. so that is probably an issue that contributed to the lack of sort of exposure to the world because every naturally parents will show things to their kids if you go out if you're driving in the rain you've got to go somewhere in the rain and you get wet by mistake you talk about it but mm -hmm. if you don't go out at all it, there's much less chance to get stuck in a rainstorm or a snowstorm like happens in canada you just say we're home anyway we don't have to go out in it you know that kind of thing happens and so those new sort of exposure interest in exploring the world they don't really get fed in that mm -hmm. year they they haven't i think for a lot of kids due to the pandemic and now many parents have replaced those get out and about activities with technology how much technology does your child use every day um we we control a lot of the screen time so it's like maybe 10 minutes 15 minutes and not every day but okay. that's for that's for watching a video but he he get he takes my phone he likes to like just walk with phone or and and connect the phone with the charger and things like that but he's not actually watching something so interesting right because <laughs> There's two things that you said that show me, that let me know that he's really ready to learn to talk. However, something happened that he prefers to use his eyes to learn instead of his ears. Now, it's a very common thing that happens with children who are only children right especially if 
you and your partner, maybe one of you was working and the other one may, you know, maybe your partner, your husband was spending time in working and you had to kind of keep your son busy and things so that he could work in the house, right? Trying to keep him quiet and, you know, do the best you can to get those things. Now, what happens, and this is a very interesting thing about only children and ones that spend time with just one-on-one. -on -one. And so it can happen with moms and it can happen with nannies, right? If both parents have to work and the child spends all the time with a nanny, they get to know each other. Oh, there's my cat. <laughs> <laughs> they get to know each other. You know, they get to um, they get to understand each other's routines and preferences. And and especially in a child, a very young child, they still need a lot of help with things. Right. So your little guy was just learning how to eat with utensils and and, you know, walk and you know all of those things in the past year and had a lot of focus on those things and you were the one who taught him everything he learned in the process when i talk about what has he learned in a year's time or even in a half year's time he's probably developed a ton you know, and, and like you said, how you know he can understand is because you say things like, you know, come here and he does, mm -hmm. you know, or go give Papa a kiss and he does, you know, those little things where maybe he's not at this stage hearing and grasping every single word, but he's looking with eagle eyes at everything and so his little brain is developing because when you get this combination of a mom or a one-on-one -on -one caregiver who just kind of knows everything about the child then you don't talk so much you think in your head okay it's time for a bath i need to go run the bath water and you go and you do it and you get the pajamas okay i gotta get the pajamas okay i've got to get the toys and then you do all of that in your own head and then only when it's bath time you say okay come on it's time <laughs> for a bath right and so if you were had other kids in the house or you were really co-parenting a lot during those times with a partner, you would say, hey, I'm gonna give my little guy a bath now, it's time for bath, will you go get the pajamas? Or I'm gonna go run the water, will you help me do whatever? And you say those things out loud when you're with other people, right? And the child who's, you know, has siblings, hears you talking to the siblings. A child who, whose parent is talking to the parent, they hear you talking to the parent, but when you're by yourself and you do all that stuff, and then the only time you talk to them is in the tub and you're like, hey, let's, you know, body parts and sing songs and all that stuff. I mean, that's super fun. And your child loves it, you know, may enjoy this presence of time and it like you said is watching and learning and what he may be doing is trying to act 
like with his nonverbal. If you, you know, every time you see the mailman, you wave at him. And after five or six times, now when you see him go by the window, he comes and waves, right? He's learning that these is, this is how it works. This is how life works. And when is a very quiet parent, the child learns that life in our house is quiet. <laughs> yeah, uh, because of the pandemic, we both lost our job. So we were together. Uh, he is just like uh, two months ago, my husband uh, started a new job. So now I'm alone. So yes, and I don't talk that much. So I make a big effort to help him and narrate things that I'm doing. But it's not it doesn't come naturally. <laughs> yeah, right. Now, and there is something else that we have to talk about as far as blockages. So there's the one thing. So now we know that right away you're finding, like, I'm telling you, this is what kids need. And you're like, mm, maybe I could talk a little bit more. Maybe I can step up my game a little bit more. Because the thing is, you don't even realize, unless you kind of look at it from the outside, how much less you are talking when your husband went to work. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Oh, yeah. And when <laughs> you change, right? And when you change your behavior because your kiddo's got the eagle eyes watching you, he also changes his behavior. And then you also mentioned that, and I don't know if this also coincided with this same time where dad went to work, that you're having a lot of tantrums, right? Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So tell me a little bit, in fact, in unconsolable, like you don't even know what to do to calm him down. It gets so bad sometimes. That's what oh, you yeah. said in your survey. Tell me a little bit about a circumstance when that happens. Um, it's, uh, I have some examples. Sometimes he brings something at the table, like his little bowl with food or something. And if he spills food, then... Then for him is like he just throw everything on the floor for some reason. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. And so what do you? And then when he he spills it, he obviously becomes upset. And then yeah. at that point, he throws the things. And and what has been? So far, we're going to be honest here. What has been your reaction when that happens? What do you do when he throws the food? I I say like no food on the floor. I like don't throw the food, and he just come like hysterical. It gets worse. Yeah, it's, it gets yeah, worse. He's on the problem. floor and it's like right. screaming and everything. Okay. <laughs> So that's kind of what I suspected. And that's why I wanted you to be honest with me. Because remember, when I do this analysis with my clients, they send me video of that kind of situation. So I don't have to ask them, what do you do? I watch. I see the child having a fit and I watch what does the parent do. And almost every time I get a similar response to what you have. Because that's not nice behavior. It's not nice. It's it it feels bad. You've prepared this food, this special food that your child wants, right? And here they are not just refusing it, but refusing it and being aggressive about that refusal. And so that makes you feel defensive. 
it makes you feel defensive because your response is indicating, I don't like this, I don't want it to happen again, and I want you to change because I am uncomfortable by this behavior. That's what I mean by defensive. You're going to take action to make it stop right now and try to teach so it never happens again, right? Now, that is a defensive reaction happens when your mindset is, like I said, you feel hurt, okay? Now, what I want you to do in this circumstance and everyone in the future is I want you to flip it around and stop. Before you react, you have to stop and think about, and we can talk about this one right now, why did he get upset when the food spilled? What do you think? Does he typically not like dirty things? Has yeah. he been yelled at before? I mean, there are reasons, right? So what's your guess as far as what makes him so upset when the food spills? I think he's too, like, perfectionist. I think it's that, that's why. Because um, usually if he spills something, I, I never yell because he yeah, spilled. Right. I, I'll just say, oh, it's okay, we'll clean it. But he goes and throws things. So. It gets big. Okay, yeah. so <clears throat> part of this, I think, is it's not so much that he is afraid. Unless, let me ask you, does he mind having his hands dirty? Does he always want his hands clean? Or will he play with soap or paint or dirty things when he chooses? Yes, yeah, sometimes he likes, uh, okay. he likes being clean and sometimes he doesn't mind and he plays doesn't with mind. everything. Yeah, if he's getting yeah. dirty and then uh, when yeah. we're all done, then we clean hands. That's normal, yeah. right? Normal yeah, response. Yeah. Okay, and I asked that question because I wanted to see if there's a real sensory feeling because it's true that some kids, some people do have a real reaction, like an emotional reaction when their hands are dirty. You know, mm. and they've got to clean, got to clean. And if that's the situation, that's pretty easy to read, right? Oh, yeah. what it is. But that's not because, like you said, sometimes and whenever it's only a sometimes situation, what we know is that it's a choice. Okay. If it if your child can eat, but they don't, if they can sleep but they don't. If they can, you know, sit and hold your hand and be calm, but they won't, right? That's their choice. So what's happening? It's kind of a combination that's adding up to this perfect recipe for resistance, right? Because what's happening is he's wanting, first of all, from the very beginning, this lack of talking, the change, the fact that dad's not around, so I don't get to play with dad all day. And I liked watching dad play. I liked watching him do his stuff. I liked watching you two together. I liked that. And it changed. And you didn't clue me in. Even though I'm not even two years old, I know, right? 
Mm-hmm. And, and so his emotional, that's an emotional blockage, something big changed. But the good news, Elsa, is that you said he can understand almost everything. So now the job is easy. You just have to talk more and explain everything. But think about it from his perspective. Uh Uh-oh, so as soon as the triggering action happens, because remember, he's a baby, and he knows that very early learning is very algorithm-like. If, then. If I cry, mom will come. If my poopy's, if my diaper is poopy, Mom will smell it if I go stand by her and she will change my diaper. Like they learn if, then, if, then. Even from very, very young, before they learn, before the brains even learn how to process details, they learn those if, then situations. And so what happened is if, then broke. You know, it used to work like if I wake up then dad's going to play with me all day. But then one day it happened. If I wake up, dad's not available. But nobody told him that the program is changing, that the schedule is Mm -hmm. changing. And so he's showing you with his behavior because he doesn't have words that he's upset by that. And the unfortunate thing is that expression is not very attractive. It looks like throwing toys. It looks like short fuses. It looks like I can't even tolerate the things I used to tolerate. I'm sad and upset by this. I miss dad. I miss him. You probably miss him, (laughs) especially with this behavior. (laughs) When dad have this behavior and that could be again, another real red flag for you about, wait a minute, what changed to trigger all this, right? Mm. He was late talking before, but he was a happy late talker. Now he's late talking and he's not a happy guy, right? Mm -hmm. Unless somebody else is suffering, you know, it's kind of what they do. (laughs) And it's because emotionally they are suffering and they want you nothing more than to be the mom and empathize with them. And if you do, when you do, this is the other good news, Elsa, when you say, oh baby, I know, wow, your food is spilled and you don't like it. You don't like it when it's spilled. It's okay, let me help you. We'll pick it. It's okay. You don't have to be upset. Let me give you hugs and kisses. We need new food. You give in to the drama because it's two-year-old drama. You know what I mean? If you fight against it, your super smart two-year-old, almost two-year-old, is going to start to train you that that doesn't work with me. Listen, I'm upset. You're saying, no, you are not allowed to be upset. I'm going to discipline you. No, don't (laughs) stop that. And he said, I disagree. I'm upset, so I'm gonna take it up a notch because you're not (laughs) understanding me. And so how you stop it, how you stop it all is you say, I understand you. 
Oh, phew. Now I don't have to throw myself on the floor or noodle. You said he's got that oh. noodle habit where as soon as you like go, because if you try to aggress that, if you try to, you know, he's got his defenses up. If you put on your armor and you break through and you grab him and you pull him out, he'll just blah, 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 noodle out, you know? <laughs> That's how smart these kids are. He's already problem solving. How can I work around mom's work around? And the thing is, the thing is, it, you don't, the trick to solve your problem, Elsa, is don't work around it. Work right straight through the problem. We got a problem. You are sad about food. I am sad because dad's at work. I haven't been able to take a shower for a week. You know, whatever. You know, empathize because you guys are a team. Mm-hmm. You're all you got, especially when dad's at work, right? <laughs> you are a team and you want him to be on your team. You don't want to fight with your teammate all day. And that's when your ego, like, I don't want food on the floor. And you're like, if you don't want food on the floor, you got to teach him where food goes. And you got to understand why it got there. It didn't get there because he wants to make a mess. He doesn't like messes. It got Mm. there because you didn't, you, you, for some reason, you didn't connect with what he's thinking. And that's what I teach in the book about getting in the language facilitation zone, right? Where you're actually thinking about that same thing that he's thinking about because you're looking at the same thing. Like you're looking at the food on the floor and he's got a reaction and you got a reaction. For a minute, you got to think about why is he having a reaction and why are you having a reaction? Because you can always control yourself, right? Mm-hmm. You know you can't control him because he'll just noodle on you, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but you can show him, right, that you're you're willing to negotiate. You're willing to negotiate because you are. You are. Of course you are. Just like you mm-hmm. said, you're not upset that he spilled the milk. It was an you know, or the food. It just happened. And you know, what happens is maybe before when dad was home, he didn't used to get upset by little things, but because they build on each other, he's got this quiet mom who's not talking and he misses that. He misses dad's presence and dad's fun or dad's whatever he brings to the table because you do, you each do. I mean, that's what the great thing about having two parents in a family is. And that's why everybody who's a single parent finds other people to help them share time with their kids because it's not super healthy for a child to spend time with just one person all the time. It's Mm -hmm. not. But during the pandemic, when one parent's working, what choice do you have? What choice do you have? But what you've learned, see, that's what's great about this process and why I'm so glad you joined me today is think about what you've learned from just this couple months of a shift in how much the environment shifting can affect your child's behavior how much your environment shifting can affect your behavior because you're talking less or you're using different language or whatever and why it affects your emotion because then when it affects your behavior and you start to see different outcomes oh no he's got i got more behavior than i used to or i got less talking than i used to right? Either one of those is not the desired outcome and you see it going nowhere positive, right? That's when people panic. 
and they start prompting their kids to talk and doing people in my program do it. I just had a meeting today with a client who's doing that. And that's why it's a great idea to follow my platform, stay on those live Q and A's, check in with them every week. And if you can't do that on your own or you have somebody with you, then it's time to find, work with me as a client because the progress does go up and down and up and down. And the littlest environmental thing, change in season, right? You know, that can happen. Um, or you go on a vacation, that's a positive change that can make everything different. So think about your plan. If you're not working, are you still home? Still home, yeah. Perfect. So if you have the opportunity now while you're waiting for work, or even if you're working from home part-time or whatever you're doing, now you have a time to just kind of think about your day and move through your day and do all the things that you're enjoying doing because he still loves to play with you, right? Yeah. He's just getting to the age where he has an opinion about how he wants things done. Okay, and no one knows what that way is slower, faster, mushier, colder, hotter. Nobody knows that better than a mom. And a child who's just coming into eating a variety of foods, he's not even two years old, he hasn't even tasted a taco yet. You know, <laughs> <laughs> think about the things in his life he has yet to explore. That's the only job you have, mom and talk about it all talk about it all don't withhold it don't think that he's not listening because he learned all these things he learned all these things that he knows he learned how to follow directions and go give dad a kiss and he learned how to demonstrate and show you the dances and songs and things that he knows right and that's how even little kids younger than two years old can get stuck in nonverbal communication and when they get stuck because the environment changes, you have to rally, you have to reassess. It's kind of like the reset button where you have to see what has changed. Is it something physical? Is my kid healthy? That's usually where everybody goes first, right? Okay, he doesn't have a fever, he doesn't have a stomach ache. Like what could cause this crazy out of the blue kind of communication where these tantrums are happening? You always look at the physical stuff first, especially with late talkers, because you know that's what you're doing. And then the next thing, always look at the environment. What has changed? People have come and gone. Places have come and gone. Situations have come and gone. Opportunities have come and gone, right? Mm -hmm. Kids miss things. They get used to things, just like you get used to things. Even if they get used to staying home, they get used to being on their phone for some of the kids, right? And now your kid's not even two, so you're smart to just use it as he, it's an object for him. He hasn't learned that there's a internet yet, thank goodness, because he's not even two years old. You hold off on that as long as you possibly can because you've had a whole year of inside. Now it's time to get out and explore the world. When the weather's getting nice now in Canada, take advantage of your summer. So how does all that sound as far as advice for you? What do you think, given everything I've said, is going to be the first kind of action plan that you're going to do for yourself? Uh, I, for sure, I'm gonna change my my way when he's in the middle of a tantrum. I'll try to just understand him and talk about what he's feeling at the moment instead of don't do that. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. I think you'll get a very good response to that. A very good response to that. Okay. And anything else? Um, well, I I just wanted to say I'm really, really, really happy that I found you found you in the internet because I think you're the only one that described my child so well because um I I look at in the internet I was looking and no one they all talk about autism or just late talker in general but you uh in your book you just describe uh, how he is like controlling bossy but super smart <laughs> and you're the only one that's why I'm so happy to talk to you today and uh, learn more about you and uh, your your program so thank you thank you for that <laughs> Well, again, it's my pleasure and thank you for joining me. Like I said, it's my pleasure to share stories with families and advice to get you started because this is a super, super common situation. I'm sure that a lot of parents have. It might not be the exact same story, but whenever you look at a change in your environment, and you see a change in your behavior, You obviously you notice the change in behavior first, but that's when you can go back and do analysis. Now, there are some videos on my YouTube channel about doing that analysis, and that's always a good idea because the object is not, again, seeing more and more language. What you're really wanting to go for is just him trying to communicate more on his own, what he learns, and the more you share with him, with words, in addition to all the things that you demonstrate for him that he's watching, as you sort of give it some narration and give the play-by-play, -play, you know, for what you're doing, he'll start to pick those words up again. And what will start to happen, especially after two years old, kids will start to imitate the behaviors and words that they like the most, that the people they say like the most. That's why they sing songs from the internet if they read, you know, listen to rhymes and stuff. <clears throat> and songs are super easy to learn. So you can sing songs with him, wheels on the bus and head, shoulders, knees and toes. And that's a super great way to engage him and learn more language and get him saying, hey, mom is interesting. Mom is here, ready to give you information. And then you carry it over to the things that you have to do, not just that you want to do, like getting dressed and changing poopy diapers and getting dry after the rainstorm and all those things that you got to go through together as you get through the day and solve your problems that's the language he needs right because someday he's gonna have friends and go to school and you know all of that kind of stuff and he's gonna want to know how to share with them i got a problem this is too hot this is too cold it's too runny it's you know what i mean and instead of you just guessing and knowing all that you talking through his little drama, even two-year-old drama, just will give him so much language, so much more than looking at books and flashcards and colors and shapes and numbers. You don't even need to do any of that at this stage. You just need to show him, hey, listen if you look and listen it gets even better because now you can say no i don't like it and you don't have to throw yourself on the floor <laughs> 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 yeah. and that makes 
everybody happier. It makes everybody happier because you know he doesn't like to have that behavior. These kids that when they have this this angry feeling behavior that kind of radiates out, you know they don't mean it. And you know you don't want to be aggressive with him either. You don't want to yell at him. But, you know, you get triggered, he gets triggered. You know, there are videos on my on my platform about triggering too. So look, I'm super glad that you found me today. And I'm super glad that you, you know, booked on and shared your call. I'm wishing you all the success. Please pop into one of my live Q and A's if you can. Let me know how things go with things because that also will help people. We can say, this family did it. Elsa was able to turn things around and get her behavior going because I know you can. I absolutely know you can with these strategies because you have a super smart late talker. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right. Bye for now. Bye-bye. Thank Thanks you. Thanks for joining everybody. Thanks for listening in today. Please share this podcast episode with anybody you think can benefit. Free videos on YouTube, a daily blog in my group on Facebook, my book, if it isn't fun, it isn't fun. Teach Your Child to Talk Faster Than Speech Therapy is available on Amazon and Audible and my coaching programs. And all the details are on my website at wavesofcommunication.com.
Thanks everybody for tuning in today. I hope this content has inspired you to create your own positive language facilitation action plan for this week. If you enjoyed this broadcast, you're in luck. There are tons of resources across our Waves of Communication platform, all designed to help you teach your child to talk. There are more than 350 free videos on our YouTube channel, a daily blog on Facebook with opportunities for live Q&A, my book, If It Isn't Fun, It Isn't Fun, available on Amazon, and my coaching programs, including a free 90-minute introductory class. Learn about everything we do for language facilitators on our website, wavesofcommunication.com. If you benefited today, please consider subscribing to the channel and sharing the resource with others. This little exchange is free for you and really helps us grow the platform to reach more parents and caregivers around the world. I'll be back next week with more information and strategies to help you continue on your language facilitation journey. This is Marcy Melzer, intuitive speech and language pathologist, saying bye for now.